Hey, movie lovers, welcome to the 13th episode of the Movie Lovers Podcast, official podcast of FilmsWeWatch.com. On today's episode, we will be reviewing Andrea Stefano's latest film, Escobar, Paradise Lost, with special guest Teresa Quinones, the podcast assistant for the Movie Lovers Podcast. we also like to give thanks to Sound on Sight for our Films We Watched film column, Row 3, Logan Olberg for our theme music, and to listeners like you. That's great. Who's we? My uncle. I work for him. Oh, Uncle Pablo. Maria is like a daughter to me. Do you love her? Yes. Absolutely. How do you make all this money? Cocaine. Most of the money he makes goes to the poor. They love him. Mika Maria will soon be married. You better be fast or we'll extradite you back to Canada. <laughs> they offered me a job at the Hacienda. Wait, you did what? I want you to be happy for me. If you see anything strange around here, you come and tell me. Not a word to anyone. Everybody loves you here. You're a part of my family. I have to trust everyone near me. Understand? Hi, Nick. Get ready. Pablo wants to see you. I've never done anything like this before. Is it really worth it to become like them? Everything is going to be fine for us. I know. You're as guilty as I am. You said I was like a son to you. Unfortunately, there are laws of nature. And once they take control, you have to accept them. No one escapes Pablo Escobar. In Colombia, a young surfer meets the woman of his dreams, and then he meets her uncle, Pablo Escobar. On today's episode, we are discussing Escobar Paradise Lost by Andrea de Stefano. Teresa, what did you think of Paradise Lost? Uh, Altogether, I was impressed and excited to see a movie like that around. Um, It's a directorial debut. I thought that was, for, for what it is, I think that's really impressive and quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, editing was great. I, that was probably the standout for me, um, other than the, the art design of it was like pretty seamless and easy to look at. 
I did think that there were some plot points that needed to, you know, needed to be added in between the final um, segue between past and current. And without giving too much away, I thought that there was there was something to be desired there. Um, but all in all, I thought it was good. I thought uh, Benicio del Toro, like usual, did a really bang up job. Acting was fantastic. Really creepy as the character. Yeah. Did a fantastic job of being like this wonderful, loving man, and this terrifying, like ruthless murderer, essentially. Right. And um, John Hutcherson, I believe his name is from The Hunger Games. I think he did a pretty good job. Again, it's just it it, it seemed like even though he was the main character, uh, it it seemed like he was kind of a supporting actor in it, though. And maybe that's his kind of his deal as an actor because he kind of in The Hunger Games he was a supporting actor and was kind of underscored by the main character, but still, all did a great job. But yeah, it was a beautiful movie, really suspenseful, and that's really where I think that the the writing and the editing really came together to make a suspenseful flick. Right, I I agree. Um, my sentiment exactly. I felt like it was a beautiful, well thought out movie. It, it really caught me by surprise. You were the one that introduced the film to us by showing us the trailer. And it was it's really a hidden gem. I don't think there's enough publicity out there for it. Um, I, I agree. I, I do believe that some of the, the transitioning in the beginning between the past and the present confused me at first. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did a double take. But as the story progressed and they continued to do that throughout the, uh, the film, I kind of got used to that and I kind of enjoyed that, that play back and forth. Like you said, Benicio del Toro probably stole the show for me. Like he was probably my favorite element of the movie. Well said. He definitely had this Jekyll and Hyde, like this soft Jekyll and Hyde vibe, where on the Wilm he could just be your best friend or your worst enemy, and it was kind of creepy. And I and I liked that a lot. Um, Josh Hutcherson, um, he was a big surprise for me. I, I like him in the Hunger Games. I, I like the Hunger Games uh, a lot, actually. I'm not big into the uh, the younger uh, franchises, but out of all of them, I feel like the Hunger Games kind of clicks with me more than the others. And he is an element of the Hunger Games that I enjoyed. And you're right, he definitely has this supporting uh, character feel in those films. I was really surprised because in this film, he came across as a, a, a guy who can really be a, a lead actor, a lead character. And I think that was shown by the end of the film. Kind of, for me, the tone kind of switched uh, once his character was kind of um, trying to escape the wrath of, of Escobar. So when he kind of had to man up and really fight for his life, there were some moves that he did that kind of reminded me of like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. He was hopping fences and he was handling a gun that, to me, felt like characteristics of someone that could take on uh, a lead role in an action franchise. Mm-hmm. So that was that was surprising for me, and uh, it kind of put a couple notches uh, on the on the uh, the belt for me for Josh Hutcherson. What, what about you, Kathy? Um, I think you both made great points um 
I, the flashback, it, it just seemed as if it was just one long flashback, because I think they did, um, a scene in which he, I think, detoured the, the very end of him in a church, and then it went through another flashback for, that took, I think, my, like, half of the, the time in the movie, about right. It kind so of like, bookended. And, and to be honest with you, I, I really didn't understand. I really didn't wasn't able to put it all together until like the very mm -hmm. last of the movie. So it was confusing for me, and I really didn't enjoy it as much as you did, just because it wasn't very clear for yeah. me, and I, I didn't appreciate that. Yeah, I do find it that uh, because of it, it made the film a little bit more suspenseful. I mean, it definitely hooks you. Right. And and I. And I think because of that, I, I do enjoy that aspect of it. Um, but uh, I don't think it was very well done. Yeah, I could, I could, I could understand that. There were times where I felt like uh, the tone was shifting a little bit too much, and that bookmark, that that book end, I should say, was always apparent in my mind. But the way that they did lay it out at the end, I wish that the movie was a little bit longer in that regards. I, I think I agree with you there. What do you what do you think, uh, Teresa? Do you think would, that the shift in in uh, the past and present and how they kind of concluded uh, that nugget in the beginning? Do you think they did that very well? No, I I, I don't think so. Um, that's the that's the biggest problem I have with the movie. I really did like the movie, but it just I mean it's not like it didn't make sense, but it was confusing. Like like Kathy said. It was like, how many years have passed? I don't, you know, it's just like, where right. are we? Like, I get it. Like, I know how to put the pieces together. But it still seems like they, like, maybe they cut something out of the film or a scene that, like, or something that they didn't need, they didn't want to or something. It seemed like there was a piece missing. Right. Um, especially in that very end part where, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to put everything together. There does need to be a little bit of resolve and you want that to be there so the final quarter of the movie is that much more suspenseful right. but um it did seem like that was missing entirely but i i do think they made up for it a little bit with the like what you were saying when he was phys like he was trying to survive i thought that was really and i i did i do agree with you on that that was really impressive and just seeing somebody fight for their life is always stressful in movies right, right. you know seeing somebody at the brink of their humanity but but yeah, but I, I think that, you know, like I said in the beginning, like there there had to have been something that, unless that's a huge flaw in the mm -hmm. movie making, or maybe they cut something out because they had to. I don't know what it was, but there was something missing in that like 75% of the way through the movie, or mm -hmm. 80%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I do, I do, I completely agree. I also just want to make a point uh, with, we were talking about Nick's character, Josh, Josh Hutcherson, um, and how he was, you know, trying to survive and fight for his life. And it did come about unexpectedly. Mm. I think for the majority of the film, at least for the first part, we get an overview of him as being um, somewhat of a quiet individual. He's sweet, he's kind, um, he's a romantic, and uh, he's um, kind of naive. Mm. And... Um, also, very much in denial, and then when it, I guess, clicks for him that his life is in danger, you just see this completely different person, and I was 
shocked by it. Like I didn't, I didn't really see that coming. Like although a part of me, I was like, okay, well, yeah, of course, this is a film. He's going to fight back. Granted, but just seeing his character make that intense, you know, switch that transformation so rapidly, um, I, I thought that was a really uh, nice segment of the of the film. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if nice is the word that I would describe it. It. it it was definitely apparent. I definitely liked the fact that he switched gears, but it it did kind of caught me off surprise and a little not to say negative that I didn't like it, but I wish they kind of just smoothed it over a little bit. I disagree. Yeah. Cuz I mean that's that's very common I think in films where you're expected that a certain character shows some sort of like intuition to fight back. Um so it was for me kind of refreshing to see that abruptness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I thought that was interesting, so I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah, but didn't you feel like that there was, uh, two distinct tones of the film? There was him trying to figure out who Escobar is, and then all of a sudden it just flipped, and then he was trying to survive for his life. Did, did you, did you feel, uh, that major shift, uh, in the movie, Teresa? Um, I definitely saw a huge shift in tone, mm-hmm. um, but for me, it just seemed like it was a suspended, like, feeling of of not understanding, really, right. because he kept on trying to figure him out, and I think he just realized, like, I'm, there is nothing to it. Like, right. it's not what I thought it was. It's not the love that I thought I had, right. but I still don't understand it. And I think that's really where the fear for his life is. Like, there's no reasoning with it. But, I mean, it it's hard to, to justify it because it was so abrupt, like you guys were mentioning. Um, but, it, you know, like, I I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. It's, it's the type of thing where, like, you could really respect that and enjoy that in the movie. Or you could just not like it at all. It could yeah. be. It could also be a, a form of real, you know, being it, it, it being like realistic. I mean, when someone like his character is so in love and, and is trying to like like the title of the film, he's in paradise, or he thinks he's in paradise because he's, you know, and and. In Colombia, you know, he's in the environment, you know, with mm. the love of his life and, you know, by the ocean and with, you know, the, you know, the temperature, the, the hotness of, you know, the tropics or whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. um, I just, I forgot where I was going with this. So that's great, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> the juxtaposition of paradise versus... Yeah, I, I, I just feel as if um, I think... I think it's okay for for his character to kind of be, I guess, maybe in denial and then to realize that something snapped. And I think it's it's that survival that just could kick in and and um I think that's exactly what he does. So I don't that's true. I don't I don't expect him to, you know, to show his dark side or to, you know, to show his 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 you know wanting to fight and to, I I I I didn't I appreciate the fact that it was so abrupt. Right, um, and I think maybe that was kind of realistic to an average person. I think that they yeah. would react no, that's, under that's his a good point. situation. Because oh. I mean, it says it all in the title too. It's paradise lost. He's actually losing this conception of what this perfect place is through you know the life of Pablo Escobar. 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a nitpick for me. It's not something that I dwelled on. I actually, I, I kind of like the abruptness. I, I learned to love the, the shift in the past and the present. Um, I, I felt like the weaker side was probably uh, the love triangle or the love romance between Nick's character and Maria's character, played by Claudia Tracek. Um I, I felt like it it really wanted to kind of force this romance uh, and really uh, make it a surprise when he realized that uh, Escobar wasn't the, the man he thought he was and he's actually tearing away their romance. But I felt like it, it just it didn't really feel sincere enough. What, what do you think, Teresa? Well, I never... I was never really convinced of Escobar's, like, over, like, actual love for Josh Hutcherson's character. Mm. I actually thought that immediately came off as insincere. But really? I, did, I was never sure, really, if that was supposed to be in the character or not, though, which I thought was was pretty divisive. I thought that was a good idea for them. It's like, you're like, is this bad, you know, is this bad acting? Or, like, <laughs> does he love him? Does he not love him? You don't know. I thought that was, that was good. Yeah. Um I would agree with you a little bit on the romance element of it. I was I was never really sold that they were madly in love. Right. Although, like in parts of it, I thought that there were really sweet moments. I was never really like, oh wow, this seems like you know like incredible chemistry between the two actors. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like actual romance to most people, it doesn't really seem that exciting to outsiders. So I, you know, I don't really know. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. hard to say. Yeah. It was a scary situation they're both in, so it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I when it came to uh, Pablo uh, del Toro's um, kind of um, respect for Nick, I always thought he was kind of playing it cool, playing it kind of reserved. Uh, but yeah, it did. It kind of when he did that bombshell at the end and said, "Hey, like I, I actually want you dead to to better suit." my needs, uh, I, I kind of was surprised by that, but in the same respect, it didn't shock me. I think that's a true testament of Del Toro's acting. I, I really liked how he teetered between, you know, playing it cool, playing it soft, but also being uh, a monster, you know, a silent monster in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Kathy? Um, well, you guys touched upon a couple of of topics that I found really interesting. Um, first off, like with the romance, I do truly believe like they were completely in love. Um, really? Young love, you know, puppy love, whatever you maybe call it. But um, I do. I just, I think, um, I don't think it was meant for us to really um, hone in onto the romantic side of that. I think it was very rushed. And I think the purpose of it being rushed was because um, I think even even the way that we get to to see the the you know the inside of of Pablo Escobar's you know whole crime organization, we are seeing it through the eyes of Nick and his character. Right. And I felt like even him to be placed in that position of of, of realizing you know who this person really is and. and the crime that he's doing and, and, you know, him being, a, um, you know, such an authoritative, you know, p- powerful, you know, person that he is, it was very rushed. I don't, th- so I thought that's like, that's, word. I think that's like kind of how this film was 
going about it. You know, I think even in the beginning it was rushed with the flashbacks because yeah. you you get that sense of of him, you know, you know, kind of drenched in blood, and you're figuring out well what, what's going on, and then it goes back to the flashbacks. And so I think it's just the romance was rushed. I think the fact that Nick was 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 you know viewing you know, the crime aspect of, of, of Pablo's life and, and, and his and his state in, in Colombia was also rushed and I think um, I think that was a point. Yeah. Yeah, that's good that's a good point. I, I did feel like it would it, it rushed and then it slowed down on some points. I think there were certain scenes that stuck out. Like for me, my favorite scene was uh, when he was going to uh, 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 shoot that the 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 kid who actually uh, was supposed to blow up all his fortune in, in that little mine shaft. I thought how he was he was actually going to kill him, and actually when he was about to jump him or 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 lead him off the cliff, or at least that's what we thought he was going to do uh, out of fear. Um, I thought that scene played very suspenseful, uh, and it, it was very long. I felt like the movie needed more of those type of scenes. Something that kind of just played out a little bit more. I don't I don't think I follow. Well, it, it, like you said, it, it rushed in oh, certain I aspects. Okay. You know, it, okay. it rushed the romance a little bit. It rushed actually defining who Pablo was at times. But there were certain scenes that I thought the pacing was excellent. And mm-hmm. it kind of made that mm-hmm. rushed feeling feel a little bit longer. Did you feel like it was rushed, uh, Teresa? I I did, but I actually, I mean, and I'm glad you guys are wording it that way, like rushed. I actually kind of enjoyed that in the beginning, though, because, you know, you meet somebody that you, you, like, you love and you're attracted to, and everything kind of seems like it's happening all at once, but it also seems, like, slow, and you're so excited, and it's so much fun. Like, mm-hmm. that's a, that was a good way to play it. Um, I still don't think the, the chemistry was all there, but I do like the way that they shot all of it because it's like love is so exciting and so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it all does happen so quickly. And then, you know. True, true. Yeah, know, it, and, it's hard to and, believe that all this happened in such a short period of time, too. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going into a world like that, everything is going to, you know, I would assume that things would unfold in a way that you wouldn't really be able to calculate it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've never been in, you know, that like a drug world, so I don't really know. But <laughs> I would assume if you're an outsider going into it, you would be terrified. And it would all kind of seem to happen like way too quickly. But, you know, no. so I don't think that's a bad element of it necessarily. Good point. Good point. What, uh, what were some of your favorite scenes from the movie? Um... I really did like the um, the scene where he was, you know, going to like like you mentioned before, he was going to murder that that young kid who was involved in all the crime. I thought that was really good, mostly because that kid did really look so young and so sweet and like so goofy. Yeah. And <laughs> but I also really liked the scene where um, Nick first meets everybody in it in her family. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Mostly because it was so beautifully shot. Everything was so pretty. Yeah. It was so yeah. gorgeous. And, like, I'm a sucker for that. If it's pretty and the color is fantastic, I will be totally engaged. Yeah. I will look at everything. So, um, and I thought it was interesting, too. There was a little bit of control there with, um, with Nick's character and Pablo's character. Like, he stayed in the pool. He didn't really engage him very much. And then mm-hmm. he introduced himself a little bit later right. when he was in bed. 
which I thought was interesting. Like, he always kind of had the upper hand, which yeah. was going to be his way for the rest of their relationship. So I thought it was kind of a good precedent to set and a good way to, to do it. Yeah, yeah, that... That, that's a really that, good point. <laughs> that scene was kind of played like uh, like the the cliche, like the the father has the shotgun and he's cleaning the barrel and he's trying mm-hmm. to tell his daughter, you know, like, no, don't don't fool around with my daughter. Like that, it was almost like that talk. So, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of it kind of felt you felt that tension underneath. And I thought it was I, I what I loved about that scene too is how quickly he took care of the local thugs. Uh, who sicked uh, their dog on on his arm, mm-hmm. and how like you know just by mentioning that occurrence, you know you, you saw his power right away. He just he just took care of it right away. And going going back to uh, what you were saying about the introduction to the family, that's one thing that caught me off guard too. Um, the fact that like you saw all of his fortune fortune and all and and Nick asks Maria. Uh, you know, how did he make his money? And very nonchalantly, she just said cocaine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to... I think I, at that point I was laughing in the theater. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what to make out of that if it was just, you know, her... Uh, if it was the director's way of saying, like, oh, this is just uh, a common occurrence uh, for them. Like, she's been brainwashed to think that it actually is a natural resource and he's doing good. Or if she's just really, really naive, you know. Um, I, I thought that was I, I, to the extent of of his manipulation. I didn't know what to make out of it. What What did you think? Honestly, I thought it was naivete on um, Nick's character because I, mm. from what I know from history, it was pretty well known that he was he was doing what he was doing. Right. And he was he was just this kid surfing in Colombia, you know. Right. So I I think it was just like. Like, all right, kid, like, you don't understand, like, this is all from cocaine, like, this is the, you know, this is, this is how all of it gets done, and he's the leader, Um, but, I mean, maybe that's my misunderstanding of history, I was also, like, not alive, so I don't really know. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, it it, it was interesting how she was actually defending him and saying, like, oh, like, he's doing good, he's helping the people, look at all the happiness that he's bringing to... Uh, the public, uh, you know, I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And I think you, you make a, a really good point because I think that's, that's, that was also a major part of the film was um, Pablo Escobar's um, view of being the Robin Hood type of guy, the hero of the town. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Of, of the, so it was maybe in her eyes, you know, she grew up as, as him um, doing what he's doing, selling, you know, producing cocaine, um, for the better, betterment of, of the family and for the community, because she even made a statement to Nick previously, um, the fact that she she's upset that all these people, these foreign foreign people, come into her country and think this is paradise, but when she looks around, the only thing she sees is is, is it's not paradise. It's it's you know poverty and and it's you know suffering. So um, I think in her eyes, she really does you know, view her uncle as being, you know, a savior. And I think in her eyes, too, it has to do with be, her being naive, but with the fact that she thinks that what he's doing is good. Mm. So that's why maybe she just said it the way she did it, you know, nonchalantly, oh, he just sells, you know, cocaine. Mm. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. What do you think? Um, now, I don't, I don't, you know, based on what you saw in the movie, do you think that he was doing good? Or do you think that was like a little like Stockholm Syndrome on her part? You know, like that's, she, that's exactly how I was going to word it. I, I kind of felt like it was Stockholm Syndrome. Like it felt like she was just raised and brought up to think that, you know, this is all good and dandy. So, you know, she doesn't really know better. So, um, so it kind of felt like Stockholm Syndrome to yeah. me a little bit. Well, I think she, she, yeah, I think, she, I mean, you until, must know that's Until the very know. end, you know, until the very end when she realized that her love was actually in danger, you know. Well, that's, not really you know. at the end. It was when, um, when they actually were searching for Pablo and they had to leave the mansion and then go, I guess, you know, go into hiding yeah. of some sort. Right. I think that's when she started realizing, you that know, how her, her world yeah. is turning upside down and people are actually, you know, trying to look for her uncle. And I think when she was at the beach, because I think, uh, when was it? There was a point where uh, Nick and, um, what's her character's name? Claudia? Uh, Maria. Maria. They go Maria. back to the beach and then she... I think over here is on the radio or, or watches. I think it was the radio that she that Pablo was responsible in killing people and that they're looking for yeah. him and she's like in tears. And yeah. I think you know, of course, she realized. I think that's when right. she completely realized she naive, maybe somewhat borderline stupid, maybe. Right. Um, but you know, it's I'm here. I'm getting into some personal history here, but uh, I'm I'm half German and uh, my. My grandparents from my mom's side, they're, they're from Germany, and they were raised, not raised, they actually grew up during the time of Hitler. And um, they, they escaped, you know, um, Germany because they just wanted a better life for themselves. They were, they, were, they were poor in Germany. And when they came here, they were very apparent of what was going on with the Holocaust. And when uh, they heard on the TV, like, the bad that Hitler was doing, uh, they they were kind of surprised. They were in shock because they were led to believe that you know in in Germany that he was actually doing good. You know, so it's all this. I mean, perfect word is is propaganda that you know they were being force fed all these lies the same way that I guess Maria uh, and her family was force fed um, Pablo's lies. You know. Well, I mean, it was going great until that point, right? right? I mean, they saw all the benefits of of the wealth coming in through cocaine, you know, right. the the beautiful mansion, the parties, the dresses, mm -hmm. the the gold spoons, forks, and knives. I mean, come on. Right. So I yeah. think for them, it's and for her, especially and for the family, I guess this was okay. But then when things started getting shaky, then you know yeah. they started realizing, well, hey, maybe you know selling you right. know, my uncle being a drug lord is not a good thing after all. Right. And oh my God, right. Nick's life is in danger. You know, right. boo hoo. So. And and what did you feel? Uh, we kind of talked about that when when we first watched the movie um, at the very end when when he started having uh, these visions that he saw Maria in the crowd right during the time when Nick got, got lost and he was going to kill him or have his goons kill him. He had these visions that Maria was somewhere in the crowd almost like he had this this profound sense of guilt. Um, did, did you well, that's the question. Was it guilt? Did he imagine seeing her, or was she actually there? I think that's. that's well, of course, she was there. She she what, she went I mean, to the ambassador, the church. 
Uh, well, was the church near the place where he was in a car where he thought he saw her? I mean, was she? I, I don't know if she was actually there. I, I think it would be somewhat impossible for her to be there in that exact same moment. Right. Right. As the car was going through hundreds and hundreds of people, she managed to get no, through that No, she wasn't crowd. there. That was a vision. Oh, okay. That was so, a vision. Okay. But, like, do, do you think that he had a revelation? Do you think he turned a new leaf or... I don't know if it was you or Teresa that made this point, but I think you you said it correctly, like it was guilt. Maybe he thought of possibly killing Maria. Yeah. I may, it could be the fact that, you know, Nick was, was an escapee, right? His plan uh -huh. fell through. So uh, Teresa, I mean, um, Maria was uh, in a position where she may in the future want to seek revenge because she huh. knows that, you know, her uncle was trying to kill the love of her life. So huh. as, you know, I, I think maybe he thought, well, you know, I need to protect myself, so let me kill my niece. Yeah. Or, as it, yeah. 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 Yeah, what do you think, Teresa? Yeah, um, I think that um, that all ties in well with what, Kathy, what you were saying earlier, and I'm glad you, you ordered it the way you did when she was talking, when you were talking about when she was listening to the radio in the woods, mm -hmm. it was right after that, that her, that very soon after that in the movie, I should say, really, that Nick talks to Pablo at night when they're, they're he's drinking a beer and watching soccer. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was talking about wanting to go to Canada so he could be with his brother, and he mentions that Maria also wanted to go. I think that's when Pablo saw them not as family anymore. I think that's when he thought oh. they were, that, that's it for them, because oh, that's wow. really when... The yeah. sympathy was gone. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a great point. That's very astute. Yeah, very good. Yeah, great because, point. Yeah, because you know, Pablo sent his his close loved ones in a car blindfolded so they wouldn't know where they were going, and Maria didn't get such treatment. Nick huh. was given you know a mission, which we all know was you know, a, you know, a suicide mission basically. So, you know, I, I think that he she knew too much and. She, because she wanted to leave the organization, she wasn't worth keeping, I guess. And if that's that's a horrible way of saying it, but that's kind of the way he saw it, I think. That's a mm -hmm. that's a great point. And just and looking back at that, right, right, and looking yeah. back at that uh, that scene of of him watching soccer, it, it's such a small scene, meaning like there's not a lot going on, but the acting in that. I think was exquisite from Del Toro. It, it, you know, even even looking back at the conversation when he was saying like, you know, are you going to have kids yet? You know, like, and he, and he's like, oh, like we're, we're working on it. And he says, oh, it's not supposed to be work, Nick. Like you could almost see that, like, you know, just that double standard saying like, oh, it's it, is it if it's seen as work, then you're not really trying hard enough, and you're not trying to make a family or expand our family. So. Yeah, it seemed like that was a pivotal point of the movie where, you know, he was trying to, or he felt like he had to cut ties right then and there. Yeah. Um, I, I thought another interesting theme throughout the film was uh, hypocrisy. Yeah. With the fact of um, religion and family. Because um, we get an idea that, you know, he's very religious, he goes to church, and, you know, he, he does a sign of the cross, he prays. Um, he calls his mother, for goodness sake, in the beginning of the film, asking her, can I pray with you? And, mm. you know, but then towards the end, we see that he has really no respect for God or for 
uh, religious figures like the priests and, and that last scene with with him and the, and, and the priest, I had goosebumps like like that scene yeah. was so so like powerful and yeah. um, I felt like scared <laughs> for God. I'm like, oh my God. Or the priest. You thought well, he was going to cap him in not, the back. Well, I thought that too, but more for like, you know, the higher being, like, you know, beware because, yeah. you know, Pablo is really looking at you type of thing. Like this guy is really, you know, after you kind of. So, um, and, you know, towards with the family, you, you, you know, you get this, you know, sense that he's so very family oriented and, and he'll do anything for his family. The fact that he's going into um, selling and distributing cocaine is for his family. You know, everything that he does is for his family. And yet towards the end, you know, he does this to Nick and he does this to Maria. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I, I just think that. That that was an interesting yeah. topic. Ultimately, yeah. he's just selfish. He's just a selfish being. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, just looking at the cast, um, one person uh, that we didn't really mention, uh, one of uh, Pablo's goons, uh, Carlos uh, Bardem, who played Draco, um, or Drago. Uh, he, I thought he was a unique character. Uh, just that his 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 death scene uh, was really took me by surprise because that's when Josh Hutchinson's character Nick kind of really stepped his game up a little bit and really defended himself but I thought he played this this nice uh, combination of, of cool and slimy I thought he he was really a, a good element to the tension of the film mm-hmm. yeah what do you think Teresa yeah I think you worded that that that, that well um he was creepy yeah. and and mysterious, and you didn't quite know what to expect out of him. Yeah, that's what you expect out of a goon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> General creepiness and like dope unpredictability, and and that's kind of the power that they have. Is you don't you don't know where you stand. And I think that was, that was pretty well done in that. Yeah, yeah. And how did you feel about uh, the character that played Nick's brother, uh, Dylan? I I'm glad that you asked me that. I did not like him at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if you guys did. Um, I thought that the actor did a really bad job. He like really kind of like tweaked me out. It yeah. almost seemed like the actor was like just overzealous all the time. Like he right. was like you know I I don't know. And mm-hmm. I, I guess in that situation you would be really like you emotions would run high because you know that your brother's in a really dangerous situation. But I just I don't. I don't know if it was, came off as natural to me. Right. What, what did you guys think? No, that, that's the perfect word over, over je- uh, zealous is, is perfect. I, I found him to be uh, kind of whiny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're right. You know, if, if he was really protecting his brother, then he really wouldn't be putting him in that situation in the first place. So, um, so yeah, I, I think the, the movie does suffer from not expanding on, a, on some of the supporting characters, Maria being one of them. And I think uh, Dylan uh, was just very one-noted. I think like his purpose was really to be, um, to be that, that barrier between Nick and uh, him assimilating to this life in Colombia. And, you know, I, I, I think that his time really fell a little too short. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those characters that you kind of want to to have them kind of build more, have more substance to the movie. But at the same time, 
is it really needed? You know, I think I probably would have liked Maria's character to be fleshed out a little bit more. Uh, yeah. You know, she seemed kind of... I found um, her to be annoying. <laughs> yeah, annoying, but, like, she was... I, I felt like she was just a cliché a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. a, a female cliché. You know, yeah. I, I hate to Maybe say it, but it's the truth. You know, like... But I think, I mean, like we mentioned before, I think the, the naivety and the... And just the the fact that she was kind of brainwashed and thinking that her family was a certain way, I think that kind of speaks volumes. Um, and that's kind of my takeaway with her character, the fact that someone that is so ingrained in her uncle's life knows so little. And uh, so I think that's my kind of nugget or souvenir that I take from that character. And I just wish I got that from a lot of other supporting characters. I guess that's mm. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with you guys. I I could really care less for Dylan's character. Yeah, um, it wasn't flushed out very well. I right. think. I mean, I think that's kind of the point. I think Dylan represents, you know, the the last connection that Nick has to his past life, to mm-hmm. being able to go home to Canada. You know, being able to be with his family. So, right. and and as you, I guess, progress through the film, it was very prominent during the film. In the beginning, you know, he was a surfer. He was there with his brother. They were building up, you know, the shack on the beach. And then as the movie went on, you saw little, you saw less of Dylan, and to the point where Dylan obviously passed away. You know, so I I just thought that was. His 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 past life diminishing from the beginning. Yeah, it's like um, the the last thread that he can actually hold on to is mm-hmm. just gone. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I think that's when he started to kind of be uh, be the 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 man that has to defend him and and his new wife and Nick. I'm talking about, uh-huh. and I felt like it almost like progressed or or trans um, transitioned him from being this younger naive brother to, you know, this man who who's uh, defending himself. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. 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 So, so Teresa, out of, out of four stars, what do you rate the film? And if there's any final thoughts, uh, what are they? Um, I think out of four stars, I will give it two and three-fourths stars. Or three I like stars. that, three-fourths. <laughs> so, like, two and a half? No, I'll give it three. I'll give it three stars. I liked it a lot, and I think it was missing some missing stuff, but I think that overall it had a lot of really great elements, and I'll grade it on a curve because it was a directorial debut. Right, right. I guess we didn't speak about the director that much. Uh, do, you th- do you think it was a, a solid entry into Stefano's uh, filmography? I would, yeah, I would say so, considering that I think you wasn't he like an actor before all this? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, he was the like a priest from the Life of Pi. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or, yep. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I thought it was a solid entry too. Um, there there's other first time directors where I'm I'm a little bit more intrigued with what they have to offer. But if if his movies came to the cinema again, I wouldn't. I would be so inclined to watch one. I would I would be excited to see one. Yeah. I, I, me personally, I really enjoyed the film. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to rate it a heavy uh, three uh, out of four stars. I would highly recommend it to other people. Um, there were certain parts of the movie that just blew me away, certain scenes. Uh, Del Toro's acting, uh, his character, 
of, of Pablo Escobar uh, really blew me away. Um, it's actually one of my favorites of the year so far. Um, it, uh, you know, with it being half of the year, and now we're kind of in in blockbuster mode. Uh, I think a lot of the the best of the year happens at the end of the year. So it's not to say that this movie's blowing me away uh, thus far. I think there's slim pickings right now, but I think it's a solid choice uh, for my top of the year, uh, at least top ten. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, yes, I agree. I would give it three stars. Mm -hmm. um, granted, it's it's not a perfect film, and usually it's I would not. say no to three stars, but. Um, I think there's like a lot of hidden gems with mm. this film. And I, I think after you kind of absorb the film and really digest certain scenes and, and I guess even just talking it out with you guys, I, I'm appreciating certain aspects of the film. And, and I think because of that, I, I want to give it a three. I, I find the film to be very symbolic. Mm. Um, and that's what I like about the film, too. Yeah. It kind of makes you think. It, it makes you kind of recall what happened ahead of time. You know, even days after, and uh, you know, it makes you wonder about these certain morals, whether or not you know he's guilty, or whether or not you know he has a confliction with religion. I think it kind of raises these questions that does stick in the mind uh, for for a longer period yeah, of time. I agree, and I, I think ultimately, I don't, I don't think there's ever been. Um, like a blockbuster, well, you wouldn't call it a blockbuster, it's but it's, it's very, you know, mainstream sense of, like, in theaters right. type of Pablo Escobar film, right? I've been, no, is it's, it? It's, it's on the smaller side. It's, it's it, on it select theaters. It's a very, you know, but granted, I, I've never seen a film about Pablo Escobar, right. but there, there are films out there, you know, that have to do with drug lords and right. Colombians and, and, you know, the whole Robin Hood kind of, um, um, Almost, yeah, like, theme. um... Like American Gangster with Denzel Washington, almost like the the antihero, almost. Yeah, but I'm talking about just Pablo Escobar. I'm just talking about his life story. And it's well, that yeah, I can I can see where you're going with that. But um, I I do find that it it's a story that has been told before, but I I really do enjoyed it. I I, I really did enjoy it, and I wasn't exhausted by that that yeah. topic. It was. Something that was kind of refreshing, regardless. It, and, it was uh, refreshing. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, with that said, uh, we can move on to our films we watch segment. So right now we'll just go ahead and just talk about films or or TV shows, anything really that we watched uh, within the last week or so. Uh, Teresa, do, uh, do you want to talk about a little bit about what you watched? I watched uh, Sound of My Voice, okay. which is a movie that came out in 2012. Um, it's about a, a cult. And it's like two journalists or like two young people, like documentarians, going in to try and uh, get footage on this cult leader and the cult. And it's really, really interesting and hypnotic and suspenseful. The director and the writer was the cult leader in the movie, which I think is a really interesting dynamic. Huh. Um, and she, she's believable as a cult leader because she's, she's beautiful and kind of like also has an off-putting look, but you're still ultimately kind of drawn in. It was drawn in, and it was really good. I thought it was interesting. Um, I would be interested to see what you guys 
would think about it. Um, Cause I mean, I really enjoyed it, but I, you know, I, again, like it was mesmerizing in a creepy sense and I'll always, I'll always just tend towards the creepiness. So I don't know. I, I think I actually saw the previews for this film. Um, and uh, I, I always wanted to see it too. I think, I yeah. think we should. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love creepiness like that. Um, it almost kind of, not not in the sense that like they glamorize it, but uh, not too long ago we watched the Red State, uh, the Kevin Smith movie about um, almost um, the Phelps family and and how they were just this heavy um, Christian uh, followers that that killed and and murdered anyone who. Um, like betrayed the Bible, like. And I uh, saw this film too because I can't remember anything. Yeah, it was a while ago, but like <laughs> it just it it was what I liked about it is that it was not typical of a Kevin Smith movie, but at the same time, like it really was a dark, dark movie about about this cult family, and um, yeah. So if if it's anything like that, I, I do like a good a good creepy vibe movie. So. If you recommend it, we got we got to watch mm-hmm. it then, right? Mm-hmm. Where did where did you find this, Teresa? Uh, my girlfriend actually made me watch it. Um, okay. She I, it was suggested last night actually, and I was like, yeah, let's watch it. it. Was either that or watching Signs by M Night Shyamalan. So I was okay. like, let's watch this. Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, and I was, you know, and was it a first time watch? Yes. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I and I was really impressed. You never know going into. A, creepy movies what somebody's gonna give you you know you're you're like is this creepy to everybody mm-hmm. am i gonna is it gonna be watchable mm-hmm. but i thought the you know for small-time actors and a small-time director though they, they all everybody did a pretty good job in, in my opinion so cool. i don't know it's pretty cool 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 gotta check that out um anything else that you watch um I am looking forward to starting to watch uh the scream series the television series which is streaming on MTV. Yeah, I, I heard uh, I heard some mixed things about that. But but what's your take on it? Uh, are you uh, do you think it's gonna really be faithful to the original movies, or do you think it's gonna be campier? Or you never know what to expect. I um and I'm not excited about it at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm going in with a entirely with no expectation because I'm frustrated really that they're making it but um you can expect that it's going to be really self-referential like the rest of the series is and most of Craven's work um it's gonna you know like it's gonna have that whole like postmodernist feel Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know and I will probably end up liking it because it's going to be an elaboration on it, and regardless of whether it comes together well, I'll probably still enjoy just having more of it, you know. But I'm a I'm a Wes Craven fan, so I'll just I'll just consume whatever he kind of throws out. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's that's something on the list too. We're just waiting for uh, um, The Walking Dead to come back. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> now uh, we didn't ca- We just got caught up to. Uh, what are they on now? The sixth season, right? And we we have to we have to do the fifth season, so I'm all caught up to season four, and I can't wait when they release uh, season five to kind of binge watch so that we could do that and then get on par for season six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
that's that's what we're looking forward to. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you a big uh, Walking Dead fan? I've seen very little of it. Um, I've seen only parts of and most of the first season. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know. Yeah, that's, it, fi that's fine because I, the first season is my least favorite. Like, I actually stopped watching it after the first season. And then, Kathy, you, you actually saw some seasons ahead of me. And then you were like, Chris, you got to watch this again. You got to mm -hmm. watch it again. So, and luckily I did because now I'm hooked again. So, mm -hmm. keep at it. Keep at it. It's, it's going to be awesome. All right. Well, mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Anything else? Not that I can think of. Okay. So, we still haven't seen uh, Jurassic World. Um, but we did see Jurassic Park uh, not too long ago. And this was a, a revisit for for me at least since I was a kid. Um, I haven't I haven't watched it in a long time, yeah, and I didn't know what to expect. And well, you forgot like big scenes. Yeah, of the film. I for, yeah, I forgot a lot. I forgot a lot about it. Um, it's kind of upsetting. <laughs> well, I, I corrected myself. Okay, but uh, I have to. This might be controversial, but it didn't really hold up the way that I thought it would. Uh, you know, everyone thinks it's, depending on who you speak to, some people might think that this is Spielberg's masterpiece, you know, depending on the age group, depending on, uh, you know, their, their, their fan base towards it. But um, I, as a whole, I was disappointed once we finished it because as a standalone film, not counting the sequels, I felt like they ended it in such an awkward way. Do, do you recall... Jurassic Park at all, Teresa? Um, I did see Jurassic World, and I did watch the original Jurassic Park, but I did not rewatch it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I, don't, like, I don't recall. Remind me how it ends? Basically, everything uh, goes to crap, and they have to leave the island because, uh, you know, yeah. everyone's dying, and, uh, you know, kind of, every, like... They kind of left the island in shambles, you know? Well, I mean, they were at the main um, visiting center. Right. Right, okay. And T-Rex was coming in. Yeah. Right, and ate the three raptors. Yeah. All right, and all the characters Which, left the visiting yeah. center, and they got picked up by a helicopter, and, and they I, were flying away. I thought away. that was a cop-out, because I'm like, okay, here, the raptor, the T-Rex, rather, was like the villain of the movie, and then all of a sudden... You know, he eats the raptors, and he saves the day, and all of a sudden, he's the hero. And I, you know, I get it, because, like, dinosaurs are dinosaurs. They're not, they're neither bad or good. They're just surviving. So, like, you can't put a stigma on, on, on them being evil. So, I think that was, like, the, the point of that. But at the same time, we were meant to believe that, you know, he's kind of the villain, you know. I, I, you're talking about a dinosaur. Exactly. <laughs> just, I don't understand what the problem is well, here. Well, I just thought, like, you're, you're swayed to believe one thing. I don't and think you're swayed to believe anything. It's a freaking dinosaur. I mean, you know, they... they uh... well, of course you're... They're, they're, they're trying to escape it. They're, like, uh -huh. trying to run away from it because this is a brutal, violent, man-eating machine. And you have to get out of its way. And then all of a sudden, at the very end... Oh, look, he actually helped us. You know? Oh, I understand. Okay, so you're so just I was upset like, with that scene. Uh, you know, I get it. I get it. But at the same time, um, I just you thought just don't like, like how it ended. Yeah, I the just thought they ended that in. too okay. quick. Like, you know, I just I, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, like we have to leave the island because it's 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 
it's going to shit, so we might as well just leave. So I was really surprised when uh, when it ended. I, I just I forgot it was, it all that. It was fast. It was quick. It was. It was. Yeah. And then how they no how how they conveyed uh, gender roles. They it was they were very sexist towards towards women. You know they just and I I felt it. You know. Well, it's, it's interesting though, because um, obviously the last time I saw this was when I was younger. I, I don't, I can't remember how young I was, but I remember watching it, and, and the whole you know theme of like sexism never, like I never yeah, understood. Yeah, yeah of course, because I was kid, young. You're just looking at dinosaurs. Um, but it was it was interesting to see how like you know it was very stereotypical. The girls would yeah. scream and not know what to do, or and trip over their feet, or trip over their feet, or convince themselves that they have to run, or I can do this. Yes, I can. Let me give myself a pep talk you know yeah um but towards the end i think that that kind of shifted where you know yeah. i think um the little girl and, and and the other woman um they started taking a more of a a, a you know positive role and and they actually got things done and you know right. they saved themselves and right. so but yeah i i can see that it yeah. was interesting yeah and like i felt like they overplayed some things like that that ripple effect when you know that the dinosaur is coming closer, they at least did that three or four times but that's in different awesome. degrees. Like, no, but it, it loses its 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 steam, you know. Certain I think times. that was the point. I don't know. I I enjoyed it. In fact, I think I enjoyed it more now than I did in the past because I think I, I understood certain comments and I understood, you know, you know, he's he's a. For example, I forgot who plays that that scientist, but he's a, a apparently a chaos uh, theorist. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yes. yes, and and yeah. you know, I never, I remember watching this when I was younger. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, what type of scientist is he? And now, you know, as an adult, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. Okay, this makes sense, kind of. Um, yeah. that he would be there, I guess. I mean, maybe there are scientists like this. I don't know. Yeah. But at least like, no. I was able to like I think understand I, it better. I, I think that he was portrayed as this like sexy, cool uh, rock star scientist probably because of Bill Murray. Bill Murray's character in Ghostbusters was like the same type of like, you know, like I'm, I'm a nerdy scientist, but at the same time, you know, I could swoo you too. And I'm like, you know, and... I felt like if it wasn't for the Ghostbusters, we wouldn't be getting a character like Jeff Goldblum. I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know if I would do on that one. There's always room for the quick and dirty, fast and loose scientist. Look <laughs> at Indiana Jones's character. That's true. Yeah, yeah, but like he wasn't—he wasn't that uh, like he wasn't that smooth talking. I would say he—he he kind of had this gruff about him, you know. I, yeah, but you're right. Yeah. He, I mean, I guess yeah, it's a stretch, but it's his his charm. There's yeah. there's yeah, always going to be the yeah he is he is rebel. He is like, yeah, the, like the whole chaos theory and yeah. you know yeah yeah but yeah but none none to say like I I did feel I felt like my childhood was kind of crushed. Jeez! <laughs> because like I'm, you I'm know, like there's offended. certain mo- there's certain <laughs> movies that you visit again, you know, as an adult, and you're like, oh, I wish I didn't see that again because I I, I thought of it so fondly as a kid. Did, did, do you have movies like that, Teresa? Oh yeah, there's plenty of movies that I purposely like will never watch again. Like what? Um, um or like, mostly television shows, really. Okay. Because I was really into the show Keenan and Cal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Keenan Kel. And I'm like, obviously showing how young I am. But um, 
But yeah, I used to watch that all the time, and I refuse to watch an, an episode as an adult because I know that it's probably like hot garbage. Like I'm sure it's so bad, <laughs> but it's still it's still wonderful. Like, yeah, but I mean, like there's there's a certain I didn't like that ten year old in me is just like you know. Yeah, but there's there's a certain expectation that you know that's kind of like bad, but there's other films that you would think that after all this buzz surrounding it uh you know like you would think that it would have more clout as an adult dog's barking um would have more clout you know as an adult but uh but yeah so so yeah i was kind of kind of disappointed uh watching jurassic park again but nonetheless um I can't wait to see the new Jurassic World. I think that it just looks awesome. Another film that we watched was the newest Pixar film, Inside Out, created by Doc Johnson, who also brought to us such films as Up and Monsters, Inc. Kathy, what did you think of Inside Out? Hmm. I have an, an overall hesitation in, in answering that question. Um, ultimately, in general, I really enjoy this film. Um, I, I think we're talking about a very complex um, concept of um, your emotions, um, and it's being made into uh, an animation where I think uh, a child can kind of understand and start to comprehend um, so I, I think it was a very unique concept and I think it was very well done. Um, and with the use of the, all the characters and everything, I th- I just thought it was, it was great. It was good. Me personally, though, I don't think it's, it's one of my, you know, favorite Pixar films. I, I do think it would be, um, I would kind of place it, um, you know, below the list of, of things, um, of movies that, the Pixar movies uh, that they've made, I, 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 I don't, I really can't understand why I, I feel that way. I'm, I'm still having trouble in trying to, you know, grasp it and, and maybe place it out in words. But I, I think maybe it has to do with with it, how it's it wasn't very subtle. It was just, you know, it was it, it was out in the open. This is the issue, you know, joy, you know, and and all these emotions. They're they're conflicting with each other, and and you know. Um, you have certain um, core memories that, you know, that are important to your development. And I just thought that there was no, you couldn't take it upon yourself to really look into these concepts and and to really take from what you, what you see and kind of construct it, construct it to your own um, thoughts. If that makes any sense. I, I don't know. I just feel like this is like, here it is, and that's it. And I understand it, but I... I just, Are you done? Yes. Okay. I disagree with you wholeheartedly. And we disagreed from the moment we came out of the theater. But I think that this is one of Pixar's best films. I think that they do a great job in taking a complex concept and creating something visually that not only can kids find entertainment, 
but adults can actually appreciate. I think I'm not disagreeing with you. I agree with what you're what you just said right now. They were very successful. It was visually entertaining. But what you were saying is that they kind of gave you everything in this package that didn't really make sense. I'm I'm obviously not not verbally trying to articulate what I'm I'm trying to get at because honestly, I really don't know. I just, I just, it wasn't one of the best films. I just seen and really enjoy it. But you said that. I guess I need more of a storyline. I don't know. I have no idea. I just, for example, like with Finding Nemo, we're talking about. You know, Nemo and his, you know, transition into, you know, of, of being an independent, you know, fish. You can kind of, you know, incorporate that into your own personal life and how you're trying to, you know, transition from being a child to an adult and in that road and experience that you're taking. And you have the overbearing father who's overprotective, partly because of his past experience and the loss of, of his wife and the mother of Nemo. And, and you can internalize that. And it's, and it's what I take from that film is maybe something entirely different from what you would take out from that film. Because it was so, it was so, that had so much depth to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just feel like with this film, with the new Inside Out, plot. it was just, maybe it was lacking in plot. Maybe the fact that it wasn't really much to go into after you understood the concepts that there are emotions in your head and that they need to work together in order to 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 make you or make you who you are, I mm. guess. And that was it. That was pretty much it. And and you know what? I get it. That's fantastic. It was a very complex concept that I understand and I know I know what you're trying to, to portray to these kids, but that's pretty much it for me. That's what I took and, out and, of it. And that's that's the criticism that I've been hearing across the board. Uh, there's this divide by a lot of reviewers and critics saying that um, there's a divide between what's going on in the girl's head and what's going on in the real world. And a lot of people are saying that they would like to have had a story where what's going on in the outside world, her day-to-day living as a 12-year-old girl or 11-year-old girl, actually had some thrill to it. And it was really just your average day. So is is there something in that plot line that you wish that, you know, it was a little bit more thrilling to your tastes? I don't think thrilling would be the right word to describe it. I, I do find, and you're correct, I think, their past films has been more focused on the outside world. Um, um, I guess maybe saying the character um, dealing with their environment and learning how to cope with the struggles of that environment, everyday life. Mm. Okay? No matter if we're talking about Nemo, um, trying to um, become and you know the person that he is, away from being his over being from you know always consumed you know in in you know um with his overprotective father always being there or we're talking about in brave and her character trying to not conform to what everyone expects her to be as a princess so i think um i think we it this is an entirely different film because we are looking into uh, a, a a movie a world where it's just 
internally her head. And that's it. And that's great. And that's, I that's think that's very unique. I think refreshing. that's very unique. And I think that's fantastic. And that's why, you know, I think this movie is, is a great success. But for me personally, I'm talking about myself here. I don't connect well with that. I don't, I, for that reason in itself, I didn't enjoy the film. I still don't understand why. Because, I mean, you're saying that it has all the right elements. I, I appreciate but some... this film for being what it is. For being so different and so unique and taking this concept and making it understandable for people of all ages. Yeah. But for me, I can care less what's in her head. Well, I mean, you know, there, I granted, there was a plot line that happened in her head. The fact that joy and sadness uh, somehow mistakenly escaped uh, the headquarters and had to find and their way back, back up. And this film was always about... I think this whole entire film was just about joy and sadness. It, it and was. you know what? And I found, I found that to be very exhausting. First of all, I didn't like Joy as a character. She was really annoying to me. Um, and I think that was point. the point of I, her right. being and so self-centered and self, you know, I very... I wouldn't call her self-centered either. I well, she just was over-controlling. She was over-controlling to the... Okay, great. Yes, you're right. I don't think self-centered, you know, is the right term to, to describe her. But um, um, she was she wanted everything to be perfect for... What's this girl's name? Um, I, I don't know. I forget her name. Um, and I think she wants to be in control and she wants to do her job and she's, I get that, but it's exhausting and the entire film was basically her thinking, you know, she's the best emotion and she needs to do what she needs to do. And I, and, and I understand that towards the middle and end, we or especially towards the end, we realize that she understands that in order to have a well-developed person, this girl, in order for her to be happy, that sadness that every emotion in her mind is important and they all collaborate with one another. I get that. But you know what? Throughout, throughout the entire film, it was just annoyance. I was annoyed by her and I was annoyed by sadness because she was really sad. And I just, I, you know, for the first time, I think in a very long time, I sat through that theater and I'm like, okay, when does this film kind of end? Oh, no. I thought I about that I once totally or twice. Disagree. I'm like, oh. Um, I totally disagree. I think this is literally one of the best films that Pixar has to offer. You know, I think you make a good point as to saying that, you know, there isn't really a steadfast, hardcore plot line. Like in a Finding Nemo, we have a fish uh, out of water, in a sense. A fish who's lost his way home and has to find his way back home. Uh, in, in The Incredibles, we have a dysfunctional family that has to work together in order to defeat the bad guy or the mole people at the end. And you know what? I, I also think, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I just have this, this thought in my head that I want to be able to just say it out loud before I forget. Um, I think even with The Incredibles, or even with Finding Nemo, there's so many other characters I think people in a broader sense can relate to. You're talking about Nemo's father. Parents watching this film can say, okay, yeah, I understand this because I am a parent and I can be overprotective over my, my children sometimes. I just think and with this film, I think the I think you can relate to the fact of having emotions, you can relate to the fact of being sad and, 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 and sad towards a memory, but also seeking joy joy from it. But then I I really couldn't connect to anything else. 
Do you understand? Like, there was no connection to me. There was so much to connect to. Like what? There was so many unique things that were going on in in her mind. You mean her uh, experiences, her no, memories. You expected just, okay. me to to connect with yeah, this just, film by just her memories, like, like in me, sports. I like, never played sports as a kid. No, I'm talking about, like... An aha moment, like oh, that's that's a quirky, that's a fun way of trying to explain something. For example, the the idea of these janitor type of uh, workers in the mine sucking up fading memories. You know, memories that you just lose just because you have so many of them. And you, you know, look at this girl; she's 11, and she has these barricades and barricades of of memories of these crystal balls. And here's these janitors that are sucking them up. And they themselves have uh, just a few that they collect and kind of revisit. Want, they want to have the headquarters revisit, like the Trident Gum commercial, whatever you call it. You know, like, though that I think everyone can relate to. Oh, there's a jingle that gets yeah, stuck in your I, head. Oh, there's certain memories that over time you fade and away. And, yes, and you, can you respect are right. That, you okay, know? Yes, granted, there there were points in a film where I can relate to, like the Trident commercial. You know, I get that. Okay. And what about and what about Bing Bong? The imaginary friend, right? Having a memory from your childhood. Um, I yeah, I get it. But you know, I I I, I, I okay. I just don't think they did a great job in fleshing out his character even because I don't feel bad for him you know he he he's you know at the, what what turns out you know throughout the film is that he was forgotten and and you know we have joy and sadness um bump into him and um they go through this adventure of trying to reach headquarters together but yeah you know, and, he, and then he you know sacrifices himself and he's lost in 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 you know the never in the memory dump or whatever it's called Okay, I have nothing for him. Like there's no, I I just this film How just. You say that? I'm sorry, but he, I he was he was a character who, since his creation, has been forgotten, and he was trying to find work. He's out of work for years and years now, and he wanted to just find a way to get him back in her memory. And the way they go about it and saying that you have to let go of that memory, I thought was very poetic. And I saw you. I turned around and I saw you getting a little cry-eyed. I don't know what to say. I just, so it did touch you. Not like other Pixar films did. Well, can I ask you this? Why does every Pixar film have to conform to a certain formula? It doesn't. I'm. I'm. This is a very I unique. I think that's film why we we don't see eye to eye. I think I'm very proud to have seen this film and to call it, you know, a Pixar film because that's what Pixar does best. Right. I'm not saying that they shouldn't have made this film. I'm not saying that. Saying this, that's I'm saying lowest. for well, for me personally speaking, and I'm giving you my reasons as to why I personally don't enjoy this film. That's how I see it. I don't know. And, and okay. maybe, and I, I do apologize if my thoughts of... aren't fleshed out. Because honestly, I really don't know what to think about this film. I'm still trying to figure it out why I feel the way I do with this film. And maybe it's because, 
you're so opposite with your thought in this film well, that I, I'm trying remember, to figure out I why remember, I don't feel this I the remember, same way. But I remember uh, you mentioning that you felt like uh, the girl's experience is very, very particular to her life, and not many people can relate to her. I no, I take that going back. on. What's going on in the outside? No, it's just I was just kind of angered. As soon as I, I, I was done watching the film, and I was just, I had this first initial reaction of being angered by watching this film. Because I guess I, I was disappointed, personally mm. speaking, and I think I said something that I do take back. I mean, granted, uh, there's, you know, we, we're, we see a film about her past memories, her experiences. She loves hockey so much. She has friends, you know, and... and I think we all can relate to, to yeah. some aspect of that, so. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think the fact that you're right in the sense that there isn't really a definite plot line that you can cling on to like some other Pixar movies. But I think that's what makes it different, and I think that's what ultimately succeeds. You know, I'm comparing it to other... Uh, Doc Johnson films like Up. Okay, you love Up, mm -hmm. right? I think this is better than Up. You know, I, when I think of Up, and a large majority of people do, they uh, talk about that beginning montage. And you might remember, like, the end where, um, uh, what's Carl, I believe his name is, um, you know, kind of gains the respect of on the Boy Scout of, of the boy, and he gives him the merit badge like uh, of the bottle cap, you know? That connection at the end is what sells the movie at the end, but and that montage is what everyone remembers. But there's a large part in the middle that is forgotten, you know? And I, I can't remember uh, the, the plot line through that, you know? Whereas something like this, I think you don't really need to have a super, super strong plot line. I think everything that happens is really just one refreshing, one clever moment after another. And I think it's that that through line that actually makes the film quite successful. You know, like, look at how it deals with the unconscious. And look how it deals with dreams. And how it's like a, a studio production of a film. I, that, that I have never seen in a movie before. Right? Yeah. To, to, to say that it's one of the lower end picture films, I have to disagree completely. Well, for me it is. Yeah? No? Yeah. But overall, I do uh, suggest uh, everyone to watch this film. I really do. I think um, it's a very heartfelt film, very warming. Um, and I think I think people will enjoy it. I, I think people, I think you'll either like it or you don't. I think our review is kind of a uh, testament of uh, the public opinion in that sense. I think it's definitely a type of film that you either like it or you don't. Mm -hmm. You know, I it's agree. either you do like it for the plot or you like it for the lack thereof. And you know, I think I think we're a good example of that. Um, any final thoughts on the film? Um, well. I do want to say this, and I, I kind of want to bring this up 
to your attention and see what you thought about or think about this concept. But I, I read a small um, paragraph. It was part of an article. I didn't even finish reading the entire article because that's what I do. Um, and they brought up the the issue of, of gender, and um, they thought that it was really interesting that um, we're, we're, this movie's about this girl, and she didn't really display girl um, tendencies. tendencies. It, you know, because she was a tomboy. Well, not even big. They weren't. They didn't even mention, you know, her trying to put her into a group of what to call, but even the fact that she, you know, expressed such ang anger when she was eating with her, her parents at, at that night when she just mm -hmm. kind of flipped out. And I think that that is a concept that we really don't see much in film where a girl would just lash out in a very, I guess, masculine way, if you want to call it. I don't see it as masculine. Well, no, I'm, I I don't see it either, but I I think other people do, and I think I reading this why. article, you know, from reading this article from someone else's point of view, they found it to be um, refreshing because she, you know, loves playing hockey. She, you know, she is very tomboyish in a sense, and and they really kind. But then she does have, you know, you know, very feminine, you know, tendencies too. You know, she likes being um, um, snuggled in at night and you know she I guess I just mm -hmm. wanted to bring that out to see what you thought yeah, of Yeah, I, I, I don't see it as feminine versus masculine especially since it's about a prepubescent girl uh, who, who doesn't really know how to handle her emotions right now um, you know so to say that it's it's She's being testosterone-driven doesn't make sense to me because it's this is not, all this is all before puberty. Okay, I'm not saying it in that aspect. I'm just saying it was refreshing to see that we have a child who can, you know, display both feminine, masculine characteristics, and they don't have to stay, you know, because she's a girl. She doesn't have to like. You know, lash out, or she doesn't play sports. I think they were bringing light to how a girl is, an okay. average girl. Uh, I don't know. I, I think people are quick to judge, <laughs> and I think uh, for someone to label this as as boy treats or girl treats is is being a little um, too sexist, in my opinion. Because ultimately, this is about a young girl. So, I mean, would, if yeah, anything... Yeah, but ultimately, being a young girl in films, like in Disney, you have the dresses and you have the tiara, right? You don't right. play sports like hockey, right? right? You that's play true. sports like well, soccer. Well, that's something different. So, so you're I, talking about the Disney image. I'm not talking about the Disney, the Disney image. image. I'm just talking about what this article said. And yeah. I'm just bringing in the Disney image. And you're saying that, you know, it's it's... We're talking about a girl here. Yeah, well, girls are often displayed in certain mm -hmm. films as not, you know, as being... Well, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think what the this film is trying to say is that, you know, we're made up of these core memories. And since she's originally from Minnesota, in a very cold state that, that prides itself on hockey, and the fact that she had this memory of, of, of her and her father growing up playing hockey... 
she built this core memory around it. So I don't see what core memory has to do anything with what I brought up. Well, that core memory wasn't princesses. It was it was hockey. It, okay. Because she grew up with hockey. So I think it's it's not the fact that they're trying to separate gender differences. It's a, it's the fact that they're trying to say that you are a product of your environment, that you create these memories. But they could have easily created a core memory of her right. playing with her, her father, drinking tea and playing dress-up. Right. Well, and that would have been true. a core memory, but well, keep they in chose mind, not keep to in the Keep in mind that line. this is Pixar Studios and not Disney Studios. I understand that. I feel like you're being very defensive I am about because, this film. I am because I think that it's not. I think it's not giving uh, the justice that it is uh, when it comes to these issues. It's a it's a double edged sword where it's like if they do something right. It's um, the impression I got from this article wasn't trying to bash okay. Inside Out. I think they were saying that they loved it even more because they took such a different approach. Right. To gender. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's then that's a good thing. I thought you were trying to say that it's um it, it was being too uh, vague in its sexuality. That that's no, what you were no, talking no. about. No. Okay. Well, I recommend this film, mm-hmm. and I give it three and a half. Three and a half stars, really. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're all over the place, though. You love it. You don't love it. I give it three and a half because I, I I respect it. I respect the film. I respect for what they did. Mm-hmm. The the fact that they made this complex um, concept concept into something that anyone can understand. I mean, I think visually Pixar never fails. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's why. Well, I, I mean, I, I personally give it a 4 out of 4. I think it's one of the, the better picture films out there. It just it connects with me in a certain way at this point in my life that I, I appreciate it, you know, and I think it, it does go where no other film, whether it be animation or live action, has gone before. And that, that takes a lot of respect. Anything else that you watched, Kathy? No, that's all. All right. So uh, with that said, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Movie Lovers Podcast. Um, Tune in next time. And for the time being, make sure to watch more films.